Sorry, I don't know what we were looking at. Cool. There's, There's a yellow a finch yellow out there. Oh, green finch and an bird. Feed the birds. That's my bathroom song. Toppins. <laughs> Toppins. Toppins a bug. Hey, Kevin. Hello. It's so good to see you. And thank you for tuning in to another Forest in Features episode. Yes, another Forest in Features episode, and we are recording live from Thomas's living room. It's very fancy in here. We're having a great time. There's cats everywhere. Yeah, it's like, this is like an A-plus space. <laughs> if you ever have the opportunity to see it and be in it and be in its essence, your life will be changed. Well, you might want to ask me first, but... I don't know. You can just show up. Or you could do like you did the, today. Check the description. <laughs> Check the description. I'll drop the Addy. Oh, so anyway. <laughs> so we are here to talk about the second Charlie Brown show in our, for lack of a better word, Summer of Charlie Brown. Uh, it's quite the Summer of Charlie Brown. <laughs> it is the Summer of Charlie Brown. Uh, <laughs> The show is called You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and it's a musical that takes you through the triumphs and pitfalls of our main man, Charlie Brown. And that's right. And actually, I got a chance to see this one a couple weeks ago, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was such a good show. I I was laughing the whole time. Um, it was It's just a very heartwarming show, and I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate you saying that. We've, yeah, so we've already run the show for two weeks, and we still have two weeks to go, so that's why we're here to tell you a little bit more about it. Do you have the official description that you can share with us, Thomas, just in case people aren't aware of what the show's about? Sure, yeah. Charlie Brown in the entire peanut game explore life's great questions as they play baseball struggle with homework, sing songs, swoon over their crushes, and celebrate the joy of friendship. Amen to that. That's exactly what the show's about. And it, it, it does feel like a celebration of all of those things. And I was lucky enough to be the director of the show. And with us today, we have another one of my favorite people, someone who helped put this show together in more ways than one, but especially with the choreography. We have Miss Shannon Page. Hi, Shannon. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you for driving across town. <laughs> Thank you for having me drive across town. <laughs> it is kind of nice to record in Manitowoc. It is. It is. We usually pretty much record exclusively at the forest, but... We're taking a break this time. So, Thomas, you've directed shows before, and I've directed shows before, mm -hmm. and Shannon's done a little directing choreography, and so we're going to kind of talk about what that looks like in relationship to Charlie Brown and, like, entities that are well-known, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Thomas, what are what are what what kind of shows have you directed before? So, in general, I've directed a couple shows. They all 
in some capacity are relatively the same in that I really like my straight shows with a little bit of drama and have a kind of a story to tell, etc. I would say Stella Lou is a little bit different because there's a little bit of comedy to it, but it was very heartwarming and etc. Um, the show we just I just finished directing, which was the one from the act, uh, the Fringe Festival at the Forest was um, quite a bit different. Uh, we had a lot to say there, and I, um, I think that production did a really great job, but it's been very different. But I think um, for me, myself, when I look at a piece that I, something that I'm interested in directing, I always look for something that has something to say, you know, even with Stell and Lou, um, which was kind of light and had a bit of a comedy sense to it. It ended in a very like it's important to recognize that it's okay to move on with your life. It's, it's important. I think I always look for that aspect in good theater, you know, mm-hmm. um, with a really clear, decisive conclusion to it as to like, this is what its intention was, you know? Um, yeah. So, and, <laughs> and Shannon, you can kind of speak to this too a little bit, but I'm going to pop in here going off of what Thomas said about, having a message or having something to say, that's usually what attracts me to projects that I've directed in the past. Um, I've directed The Addams Family and Hello Again, Legally Blonde, and now, oh, like Carrie, and now Charlie Brown. And out of all of those shows, Charlie Brown is the only show that I had no idea what I wanted to say. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Uh, and Shannon and I were kind of talking about the show, like when we were in pre-production, like we both kind of thought, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that the show is kind of dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. It's interesting. Yeah. Shannon, what do you have to say about it? The show does not have a lot of plot in terms of a normal play or musical it's more of a tribute to the peanuts characters and their stories it's a lot of nostalgia for people that grew up with that so there's not really a plot when people ask me what it's about i say it's there's not really a plot there's not there's not there's not the ebbs and flows of a conflict climax resolution what's going to happen it's all very different uh Help me out here. Yeah, they're like, they're like different vignettes or like small little scenes. Like literally one scene could be two sentences long. It's, and they they read and feel like comic strips. That's what I was going to say. It feels like a comic strip almost, like different parts of comic strips. And yeah, so yeah. we did struggle with what's the message we want to bring. I think the last number in the show really demonstrates though what it's kind of all about it's a song called happiness Mm -hmm. and it's a very nice touching moment and a couple people i know personally have gotten a little (laughs) teary-eyed i won't mention names but i liked it (laughs) (laughs) well anyways (laughs) i liked it it is a very touching story so it's a fun one to see and to just experience, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think what Shannon and I found after we like had that moment to be like, we don't know what this is. We're not exactly sure what's 
going to happen with it. But we really did, like, we talked a lot about the nostalgia of it. Mm -hmm. And so we play into a lot of a lot of moments like that. I think what's interesting as a director is as you go through a couple different projects and etc, you can have like a really nice solid game plan as to what you think your execution is going to be. And then there's shows like Charlie Brown, uh, You're a Good Man, because watching it, I could totally start to see that perception of it being like, okay, this is very much a vignette kind of show, tableaus of different aspects of time with their own little type of quid bit of like uh, information for you to kind of take in. Mm-hmm. Um through the Peanuts gang, um, which is very much why people in the comic strip, you know, people like it so much. But I think what's interesting is that sometimes it's just about the journey. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time relinquishing control in a lot of things in life, you know, so it's hard for me to direct a show like that. I think, you know, I commend you both because I would have a really hard time going, oh God, I just got to make sure I get to that point. And then we get there and then it's like, okay, that was good because the shows I've directed at least, you know, I've had that and that helps keep me grounded. So. Yeah. 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 I think too, one thing, hopefully I'm not jumping the gun on your. No. But Kevin has added a lot of things that were not in the script that I think make this show a little extra special. I don't know if I can talk about it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Thanks. So uh, the, the infamous football bit with, you know, Lucy and taking the football away from sh- uh, Charlie Brown. I almost said Sean. <laughs> that is not in the script. So it was added. And then another moment we add the uh, pipe eating tree. Which I'm very surprised wasn't in the script in general. I right, yeah. I feel that's a pretty... It's a pretty, like, well-known, like... Bit? Bit, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of little things like that. That if you didn't know the show, you don't know that they were added. But I think that's what makes the show a little bit extra special and a little funnier to the audience. Yeah. So, Shane, I didn't I didn't know that you guys added stuff. We did. We did. We added a lot. Of, Shannon added some... Uh, the the James Brown there's a James oh, Brown sure. moment in Snoopy song Supper Time that she added that was really fun that I don't think correct me if I'm wrong that wasn't something that you kind of came up with until we were like in it was rehearsals, like right? two days before we opened well no probably a week before we opened yeah yeah and we added dog bowl tambourines to that <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you did. yeah, it, yeah. You did. The I think one of the the more fun parts uh, collaborating on this show with Shannon was throwing these ideas back and forth and kind of building on the universe in fun ways. Yeah, the little red haired girl bit was probably one of my was favorite it, things. Was that I couldn't remember if that was added or not. I added that. You did add it. Okay. I did add that. We also added. Two Woodstocks to the cast. Oh, yeah. Which is not, they're not in the cast breakdown of the show at all. So we added two characters. Woodstocks aren't even in it at all? Woodstocks aren't even in it. Holy man. Sorry, this is like information to me. I had no idea. And I think why that's cool is because it all seemed like it fit. Yeah. I I commend you guys for that. Because we were initially just going to do one, and then we liked the two actors both and didn't want to lose either of them. So Kevin's like, let's just do two. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah, right. So then somebody asked me, actually, opening night, they were like, 
why are there two woodstocks? It's really bothering me. I was like, I can't really explain why, but when you see it, you won't see it any other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it just works. Because, yeah. And then uh, Emma and Teresa, who are the two Woodstocks, they both add just so much comedy and And like, they're all doing presence. different things in the same scene. So it just works out very well. Yeah. It's cool. One of my favorite moments is when Sean gets on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? It's just... It's because it's like, and it only incorporates kind of with the Woodstock stuff because, I mean, what I think I liked about using the Woodstock characters and the way you utilize them is that it helped transfer some location stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the Woodstock became the bus driver for that scene. Yeah. As an example, I liked that mm -hmm. utilization, etc. That's what made me think of it. But it was just but about... That's another thing that, you know, Kevin was like, yeah, we're going to have a, one of the Woodstocks be the bus driver. Like, it's just those little added things that... We added right, show. and I, I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but I think it's just because they were all kind of like singing in a song, and then suddenly all these blocks come up, and then he just sits down. And <laughs> he does like this, like kind of like jumping, like the wheels are turning thing, and there's there's a quality in Sean that I'm really glad that he played Charlie Brown because I think anyone who knows him personally, Sean just... is Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Sean Stalvey. <laughs> like, I just, I've told him, like, I've seen him a couple times when he's working uh, mm -hmm. since the show. And every time I see him, I remind him how much I liked the show. And I think it's just because he just, he just blew me away because of how naturally it felt like. That's what made me so connected to the show and made me feel, have my remote, remote emotional response at the end. Because I think, you know, a part of us all kind of feel like Charlie Brown once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And Sean is Charlie Brown a lot of the time, you know, and in a good way. He has all of his great qualities. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. Something that's been like really kind of cool to see after the first weekend um, is not only how much the cast has grown in their characters, but how audibly the audience responds to them. They, I have never heard a group of people go on <laughs> so much as I did this past weekend anytime Sean opened his mouth <laughs> it was actually kind of cool to, to watch how people connect to Charlie Brown mm -hmm. in that way I think just to kind of shift gears a little bit is just when you guys go to you know how do how much do you help an actor kind of find their place within a show as an example Kevin sure. you know as a director so for this show, and Shannon, feel free to chime in here. Um, when we when we auditioned the show, when I when I tell you, and I don't I don't feel bad for saying this because we had a lot of good people audition. But when I tell you that these people walked into the room and claimed these parts, they truly, truly did. We, Shannon and I literally looked at each other at the end of their second night of auditions and knew exactly who we wanted in the show. Right. Yeah, it was kind of crazy because night one, when we had auditions, we could have casted off of that group. So when we got to night two, and I think most of our cast came from night two, uh, one particular actress, uh, Katie, who plays Sally, the moment she opened her mouth, and I even told her this, mm -hmm. I said, the moment you opened your mouth. We looked at each other and we're like, well, that's Sally. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she just has this perfect little Sally voice and she just, but all of them, all of them command their own roles and 
a very certain way, which yeah. I think is another thing that makes it special to watch. Exactly. So, like, when we were putting them into the show and, like, working on their roles, they already had so much natural instinct that there wasn't much to do. Uh, I did have an opportunity to have, like, a half an hour character session individually with most of the actors at the beginning of the process Mm -hmm. just to kind of coach them through uh, cadence because the Charlie Brown comics have, like, a very specific cadence and in the way that they talk. And I I could have gone further because... Shannon and I were sharing the ARG ARG (laughs) compilation on YouTube. So so they could, (laughs) I wanted to send that to them so that they could get that cadence down right. Sean nails it every time. Uh, But there is so much tiny, tiny little things, very, very tiny little things like that that I wanted to work with each of them, but it only just built on what they naturally had. They're also strong individually in their characters, and as a choreographer, it was a struggle to get them, because it's a younger group, it was a struggle to get them certain dance moments. They needed to be close together, and they would have Jesus, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in between them, <laughs> <laughs> because they were just so afraid to like be close to each other but that that comes with age i guess but yeah and they they got much better with time for sure with time yes but i would say as a choreographer as far as character development that was a little bit of a challenge yeah and sorry i know thomas you were aching to say something but i'm gonna i'm gonna talk uh okay building the (laughs) (laughs) building the ensemble was uh also kind of an interesting thing at first because everybody came from different places and I wasn't physically in the rehearsal room for I think the first two or two weeks three weeks maybe (laughs) because I was out of town and so Shannon would often say to me they're not talking to each other (laughs) they're not saying anything at all but it's it's so funny over the last couple of weeks and now kind of watching them interact. Oh, they're definitely opening up now. Yeah, they're such a close group of people. Yeah. It's really fun to watch. You know, that speaks on a new cast. That's a lot of new people at this forest who are not, they're not sure what they're, where they fit. You know mm. what I mean? You have a younger cast that, there's a couple of them that have plenty of experience, but a lot of them are relatively new or just soft-spoken. So then they're like, they're trying to find, okay, where do I fit into this mold to be able to like feel comfortable in myself? Yeah. So. And they definitely found their place, which is really awesome as someone who's at the forest in as often as we are to kind of see these new this new energy fold in is really cool. I think what I was going to say before that was is, is it's interesting to me about this show, just to kind of bring it back to the encompassing thought on this podcast is um, a unique aspect about this show is that it is based off of characters within a construct that people come with the anticipation of seeing the Peanuts characters for You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Uh, the nuances of the characters and etc. you were bringing up before in the conversations, I think everyone really nailed it. I love Sydney's way that she does Lucy because she just, <laughs> like, you can just hear it within, you know, everyone kind of grew up watching those movies. Mm-hmm. And she just she just does it right. You know, the way that she's calling him Charlie or Blockhead, etc. It's just, it's this, I, I don't even know how you do it. 
I know. don't know how she does it either. But that you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's almost yeah. like a higher pitch kind of question mark. I don't know. It's a, it's a very unique trait to Lucy as a character. Mm-hmm. And she does such a good job with it. I just I think it's interesting. Yeah. She has the pettiness of Lucy down cold. <laughs> and it makes me and Kevin laugh every single time. And we've seen it a hundred times. Every time. Every time. So I guess my thought was, you know... When you go into a script, Kevin or Shannon, um, how much liberty do you take with the characters to say, I understand this author's intention, however, I'm going to put my own spin on it? Because this is a good example of one where it seems like that's kind of, that has to be a thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. so it's, 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 it's interesting to me because a show like this is something I would be intimidated to direct because I have to follow those lines, you know? For me personally, and... Kind of looking back on my my resume as a director, I've actually, most of my direction has been for shows that are based on a source material. Okay. So Adam's Family, Legally Blonde, Charlie Brown, and Carrie. So more so in Charlie Brown than with any of the other ones, I wanted to make sure that we were delivering a very specific kind of vision, but also give ourselves room to play and build. And they're building on their characters right now as they're still performing. But in other shows that I've done, I really kind of like upending some of that to a certain degree because the the outcomes are similar to the source material, but they come they come to light in different ways and different motivations. And sometimes you have to color those motivations in different ways on stage than you would through film because you have to live. You can't just live in there in this person's head. Their intentions need to be out and forward. And so a tiny thought on film needs to become a bigger presence on stage. So I have fun in certain aspects of kind of giving people what they expect, but in unexpected ways. Yeah, that's just interesting to me. I feel like I would just be really intimidated to try to take something. I much prefer taking a script and just going, okay, this is how I anticipate this character to be. Mm -hmm. Now let me see what the actor does with it and et cetera. I mean, Stella Lou is a great example where, you know, I, I did struggle to get a cast initially, but then I ended up finding one that fit just perfectly. I mean, it was it was a, it worked great, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you always have to kind of believe it's going to work itself out. Right? right. But I really like having the allowing the actor to have a lot of liberty in making those choices. I'm always there to kind of discuss it and try to help them get them there. Um, mm-hmm. So I usually just talk about that kind of stuff and just see where it heads to, you know, Um I always say the worst thing I can do is just say, don't do that again. <laughs> right. right. And that's sometimes how that works. You know? It is sometimes how that works. <laughs> what about you, Shannon? Well, I don't have a lot of say on the director side, but as an actor side, I know that I personally like to have a lot of liberty, but I also, there are definitely certain parts that I need clarification on, on mm-hmm. a, like delivery or... What's the intentions behind this? Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Right. I, I remember during Carrie, you coming to me specifically, Shannon, and asking about 
some of those lines in the prom scene, which I really appreciated mm-hmm. as like a director to an actor, but also like working with someone on the acting side who has that that care and wants to get that intention right. That's really fun to work with as a director too. So I appreciate that. I like direction. <laughs> and I think, you know, one of the skill sets of a director is figuring out what your actor needs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, and I think that's something that I've been very fortunate and lucky to work with a lot of my friends for my couple shows that I've directed. I am looking forward to doing a show with a cast of people that I don't know very well. I think that's going to be my next challenge. I'm kind of excited for that. So I have to see kind of when that opportunity arises. Um, however, that's something that I'm really looking forward to is to I'd almost prefer to cast people that I don't know and sure. just and just try that and just see what kind what kind of experience that is and what I could potentially get out of it. You know what I mean? As a director, I also work with very experienced actors. I'd love to try. We're doing a show with people who don't necessarily have as many shows under their belt to kind of solidify the idea that they can be independent. Like they need a little bit more reliance on a director to help move it along. Um, Only because I'm just curious what I would like better, you know? Um, So I I, I think that's an interesting aspect as well. I'm curious, Thomas, um, as a director or as a choreographer, would you rather work with someone who knows everything or someone who is open to learning? I think the question comes out of what do I want to get out of the project? Mm -hmm. Um, Do I, if I have a script that I feel like is important, that the nuance is clear in that I know people with the experience can get there with me because it's challenging. I would much prefer that where I don't have to work so hard to try to get what I need out of the scene. I can kind of I can just start to talk about the scene, etc. They start to pick up on the vibe and then like, you know, suddenly it's, you know, you can make a correction. Um, but if it's a show that I want to take an opportunity to take a fresh cast on something and just kind of learn and grow from it, then I would prefer that. I think it just depends on the script. I think that's the first thing that I always start with is like, okay, what do I want to get out of this experience for myself as a director? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I'd answer that question. I mean, when we did On Your Shoulder and Liz wrote it, I mean, Liz was going to be in it. But the next thing we thought is like, okay, who is a very close friend of ours because this content is heavy? Who's a really close friend of ours that I don't have to try to more or less push to get to where we needed to go? And right away we thought of Carrie because it, Went to, it didn't take very much, and they know each other so well. They're very good friends. So it didn't take very much for them both to know that this is where it needs to go, and this is where we're headed. You know, um, That show was very easy to direct, other than its content, which was hard. Um, I think my job there was just, to be honest, was just to keep it together. Mm-hmm. Keep it succinct. Uh, don't let it go off the deep end. You know, That was my goal for that show, because it, some of that content, it could have been easy to go a little too far. Yeah because it's it's hard to talk about that stuff. And there's a couple of rehearsals where we had that and we we're like I had to stop and we we're like Liz take a breather, you know, cuz that's not easy to talk about. Come back and be like what is the focus? What is the goal? What is the point of this scene? Focus on that and I'll tell us the story, you know. Yeah. And that helped mm-hmm. a lot. So. Hell yeah. What about you, Shannon? Too much? Well, mine is a little more matter of fact. 
dance instructor. I don't need a group full of Sutton Fosters. (laughs) Sounds insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) Or Travis Walls. (laughs) What I need is our people with good attitudes, open to learning, open to change, because as a choreographer, you know, you envision something, and if it doesn't go the way you want it to, you have to change it on the fly. This group has been great about that. But I was very upfront from the start. I said, this is what I have, subject to change. Yeah. But they all accepted it, and that that's, for me, what I need. And I need communication, silence while teaching. <laughs> so mine's a little more or less artistic of an answer, more of <laughs> this is what I like to see as a choreographer working with a group of people. Totally. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense, though. Choreographer is very much more like this needs to be a cohesive unit and we don't have the time for you to be that way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. I much prefer doing straight shows because you have the time to, right. to, to, to play a little bit more, I think. Yeah. So, you know, that's a very that's a very good thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Focus for the musicals are always threefold. Yeah. There's you got to throw your brain in a lot of different directions. But I think. What we've done with Charlie Brown has been very special and very unique and very exciting. So we're pretty excited to have people see our last two weekends of this show. We've had a lot of good feedback. I'm not trying to toot our own horns, but I have not heard toot a lot of bad things. <laughs> it uh, it is. I, I know I said it when we started, but it, it's it's a very good show. Um, I tend to not be the kind of person who normally likes shows like this one. And only because I like to go to theater or watch TV shows or watch films that are a little bit more dramatic and serious and etc. You know, um, however, this is nothing like that. But it was just so wholesome. And it's interesting because part of me always just doesn't like that style of theater. But I think the way that you guys approach this and maybe it could have been that, that that's exactly what I needed that day. And mm. I think that's what I told Liz when I walked out of the theater. I walked away feeling like I really needed that after this week. Something that made me feel good. Yeah. And since this world is something right now. Something. It's a nice, <laughs> fresh breath of air, I think. I agree. But I will say I was running the booth. Did I sound Midwestern with the booth? No. I was running. I run the booth for the show. And Thomas was sitting in front of me. And it made me so happy to hear him laugh so hard. Because Thomas is a harsh critic. And he, you know, not in a bad way. He just is. And to hear him genuinely laugh hard. And it wasn't even at Lions. It would just be Sean's face. Because Sean does Charlie Brown faces so well. Just things like that he would just crack up at. And then at the end, when I saw him take his arms and wipe his tear away. You're never going to live that down, dude. That's That's fine. fine. (laughs) He admitted earlier. It's fine. It was it made my heart so happy. So I was like, okay, we did something good because if Thomas likes this, we're in a good position. (laughs) Because, yeah, anyone who knows me really well knows the show wouldn't normally be my cup of tea. However, I really, really. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. I I kind of, I agree with you, Thomas, too. I've always felt like I have to do, 
like as a director that I want to do these intense things that have like some kind of major make some kind of major shift in the universe but directing Charlie Brown and working with Shannon and working with the cast I kind of I'm I'm leaning more towards the fact that theater can say something without punching you in the face sometimes we don't need that cathartic experience we can just allow ourselves to enjoy and to, to feel the joy of a, of a show yeah mm-hmm. and i think that this show is a great reminder for me of that you yeah. know so that was nice well thank you shannon for joining us in thomas's living room thank you thomas for hosting you're welcome yeah thanks for hosting thomas and i totally remembered we were doing this today absolutely and i totally was on time <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, let me uh, let me tell you the, the rest of the show dates in case you're curious to see your good man, Charlie Brown. Um, this podcast should be coming out the week of the July 4th. Happy July 4th, everyone, by Yay. the way. Yeah. America. Um, Let's celebrate America. <laughs> however, there is... That was sarcastic. <laughs> however, there is six more opportunities to see this show by the time this podcast comes out, which is great. Um, so that July 4th weekend, July 7th, July 8th, and July 9th, there are shows all three of those days. There's our Friday performance, a Saturday performance, and the Sunday, okay? They're at different times. So July 7th is at 6. Saturday is at 2.30. Well, the, the pub opens at 6 with the show starting at 7.30 on Friday. The pub opens at 2.30 on Saturday with the show starting at 4. And then on Sunday, the sh- pub opens at 12.30 with the show starting at 2. Two weeks after that, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, it's the same schedule, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that sounded really cohesive. It's great. (laughs) I followed. Or you could go at the Forreston website. Yeah, you can visit Forreston.org to check out the dates. And And buy tickets. tickets. That's the best place to buy tickets. tickets. Yeah. I also heard the rumor that there's a billboard of us somewhere downtown. There is. There's a billboard. You might be able to find it. You'll see everybody's bright, shining faces. And if you come to the show, make sure you order a Sammy sandwich. (laughs) What are they going to order, Kevin? And when you come to the show, be sure to order a sandwich. Shannon's going to make it for you. A Sandy sandwich. And the sandwiches now feature fresh lettuce from the garden, the forest and garden. By Philip Jindra. Thank you, Shannon, for coming. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Shannon. That was Thank you, Thomas fun. and Kevin. This was fun. All right, buddy. I will talk to you later. Yes, you will. Bye. Bye. Bye.